friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. I'm like, Caesar's not doing it. He pulls a gun on me, um, and then um, pulls it, and then he's like, "Go for it! I'll shoot you!" And like, and like basically, like, do it. I was like, "Okay." So they're like, they basically make us walk out of the place with our backpacks, and now our all of our equipment, everything is gone. Cell phones are dying. Um, I asked the officer, I was like, is there any refuge? And he's like, there might be a hospital about four miles down the road. And Rita is on top of you. Rita is on top of us, yeah. You can find all of our information online at fortworthroots.com. You can also get us on social media and YouTube and all of your streaming services by just searching Fort Worth Roots. And I really am just dying to tell somebody about this. There is a... uh, I got the email today and I have gotten nothing but crap from all of my friends and all of the other podcasters out there that saw this post, but we were nominated number one out of 600, hold on a minute, let me look, 600 and 694 podcasts here in Fort Worth at this uh, Feedspot, you can go to Feedspot.com, I don't know anything about these guys, so I'm not endorsing them at all, but, and I checked this from different internet search engines just to make sure they weren't using some kind of trickery to make me feel special but they listed us um, out of the 690 different episodes Fort Worth podcast number one on the list and the way they did that the best Fort Worth podcast from thousands of podcasts on the web and ranked by traffic social media followers and freshness so 66% of that comes from you I guess thank you so much uh, the traffic on our social media pages, the uh, number of times that you listen to the show. Apparently, that's how Feedspot tracked these numbers, and they put Fort Worth Roots at the very top of their list. So, thank you. Even if you didn't vote, just go into our website, go into our social media, and streaming episodes uh, took up 66% of it. I guess the other 33.3% was just us putting out an episode incessantly every week for three years. There's been some gaps, not big ones, none lately. We've released a few out of, out, out of uh, our regular time block, but you've gotten one every week for a very long time. Anyway, shout out to you, the listener. Thank you for uh, everything that you do by checking out our social media and checking out uh, our Monday episodes. Thank you very much. Usually we highlight a business at the beginning of the episode, so we'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. McFly's Pub. You can find them just outside of the NASJRB Carswell. It's a joint reserve base here in Fort Worth. They got jets, and they got Army, Navy, Marines, and uh, who's the other guys? Coast Guard? They're probably there too. Space Force? I don't know. I haven't checked yet, but it's out there. Anyway, that's aside from the point. McFly's Pub is right down the street out of their East Gate on Meandering Road. To me, it's River Oaks, but they've got a Fort Worth address. Anyway, type it into your navigation. McFly's Pub, a 1980s Back to the Future themed bar with a very impressive outdoor area. They got a fire pit. They've got, they even have a disc golf basket out there. Yeah, and with putter discs that you can throw around. It's dog friendly. They got two stages. Uh, Tommy Luke does open mic night every Tuesday. And there's just, there's always something going on and stay informed, figure it out yourself. Go to Instagram and type in McFly's pub and uh, see what all kind of crazy stuff they got going on there. Uh, If you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, you will see some of the stuff that we've encountered every time we go up there. So many activities, so many things, so much fun. Check it out, McFly's Pub. Consequently, today's episode is all about the owner and his adventures here in the city of Fort Worth, watching it grow, watching it change, watching the culture of our musicians uh, adapt to the changes that, that we've had here in the area over the years. Just a highly interesting guy, and we really, this is not a sponsorship episode. It's not. It's too interesting for that. <laughs> Uh, Casey Smith, anytime I talk to anybody about this guy, people have nothing but nice things to say about this dude. And I think by the time you get done listening to this episode, you're going to walk away with the same conclusion. This is a good dude. And that alone ought to be enough reason to go check out this bar. It's awesome. And uh, you're going to love it. Again, that's uh, McFly's Pub located near Carswell or NASJRB, the military base here in Fort Worth. That's enough talking out of me. Give it up for my friend, Casey Smith, and let's start the show.
recording. All right. Have you done one of these before? Nope. I am here today with Casey Smith, owner of McFly's Pub. What's up, dude? Just getting started. <laughs> well, I'm psyched that this is your first podcast. That's always fun for me. Uh, doesn't happen very often. Everybody's got a podcast. So uh, wild that somebody that is so well-known in the Fort Worth community hadn't been on a show yet. So well, it's an honor. Thank you. Well, thank you. And uh, for our listeners that don't know yet, Casey Smith uh, is a sponsor of the show. Uh, we started uh, working with McFly's about two months ago. It was, yeah. it was April. It was right before the car show. Yes. Did you, did you get to sneak out there and check that out? <laughs> I had that some was, stuff to do at McFly's. That was a busy-ass yeah, day for you. Yeah, but we had a couple cars stop by afterwards. So did, yeah, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Y'all had the car, crawfish broil movie night and Claudia Wells that same evening. That yeah, was a busy day. Yeah. Y'all made it through it, though. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners that don't know who Claudia Wells is, that is the uh, actress that played Marty McFly's girlfriend in the first uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, Jennifer Parker. Jennifer Parker. Yeah. Is she coming back out? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. We, we hit it off pretty good. She might be coming back in November. Okay. Um, I'm working with Dad Rock on doing a show out there and doing an enchantment of the sea dance. Dad Rock sounds familiar. Is that a Fort Worth band? Yeah. Okay. Have they played McFly's? No, they're, they're they're bigger than my bridges. Oh, okay. It'd be a, it'd be, yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a favor. You got some big bridges. Yeah. You've had some great names out there. Yeah, it's um, Adrian Hewitt, which you've met before, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's in it, and it's, I don't want to say too many names, but it's like right. three or four Grammy winners that all formed this mega rock band. Okay. Were they at Friday on the Green? No. Okay. I think so. They did, they did play uh, the Fort Worth Art Festival. They had a, uh, I cannot remember the name of the band, but they just had Friday on the Green, and there was a band up there that had just, you know, Grammy after Grammy yeah. recipient on stage, and I'd was sitting next to uh, Dustin Snyder and I'm like I've never heard of these guys and he's like well started naming off their accomplishments I'm like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but you have uh, you're saying that that band's too big for your britches but you McFly's has become a a staple for some really big local Fort Worth legends like you've got awesome people playing out there at McFly's two or three times a week yeah well by big big by big two for uh, by big two for my bridges, I mean that they probably draw about four or five hundred people. Yeah, so it's gonna be good. It'll yeah. be a packed house. Yeah, it'll be good. What's cool is McFly's has the capacity for it. You, I mean, the inside, I don't know. I think a hundred people, and it's gonna start getting kind of stuffy in there. But you've got the huge outdoor area yeah. too. So five hundred people should work. We'll make it work. <laughs> Yeah, it, it basically they'd be doing it as a favor because I've been friends with them everybody for a while. Mm-hmm. So, so we're we're doing this recording today at Casey's house, and we're uh, just south of the Magnolia area. And you said you've had this house since you were nineteen. Yes, and you've rebuilt this whole thing, unrecognizable from what you uh, saw it. Yes, when you were nineteen, most definitely. What all have you done to describe the place? Oh my gosh! Back um, when you were nineteen, describe the place: wood paneling, carpet, walls everywhere, a kitchen that was too small to like for three people to hang out in. Yeah, um, lots of parties. <laughs> yeah, I rented it when I was nineteen, and then I ended up buying it like right before I turned twenty. Okay. Yeah, so it was just like just a dogged out rent yeah, house. It was, it was back in the day when Magnolia and this area wasn't completely hip yet. Mm-hmm. And so the people that were here found each other, and it was it was just a few of us. So it was definitely like an after party place for a while. Is that kind of you think that's kind of how you started getting connected with the uh, the Fort Worth community? Um, that was a big part of it. Um, my construction company I've owned that for twenty five years or so, and a lot of my employees were in bands and stuff like that. So we just met each other all through, you know, bands playing at the rec room. Um, Seventh Haven, Rubber Gloves, Andes and Denton, all those places. Yeah, and then they all just ended up coming here. So, um, how did the construction thing start? Did you just scrounge up enough change to buy some tools and get started, or no? Um, I was homeschooled by my dad okay. from fourth grade on on job sites, and then this was here in Fort Worth. Uh, Fort Worth, Dallas, like this whole mid city yeah. area. I grew up in Richland Hills. Okay. So, and then I moved here. 
Um, and basically, just like any child does with his father, I was like pissed off that he was hiring people to be a superintendent, so I started my own company. Because I was like, well, if you're going to pay somebody to run things while I'm basically doing it, or at least I felt like I was doing it, so I started my own company. And I've then, heard that story before. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Do it myself. Now we work together like all the time. Right. So <laughs> He's basically retired, but he helps me to do a lot of projects. I met him at the Crawfish Broil. He seems like yeah. a pretty... Pretty chill dude. He's he's he works harder than anybody else I know. Yeah. What was cool about that uh, crawfish broil and your dad is that he had had live crawfish brought up from Louisiana that morning. Yeah. And that's the story that I was introduced to me as I'm meeting your dad while he's smoking this huge cigar. Oh yeah. <laughs> so y'all are working together regularly now, and yeah, we both have our own projects, but we usually intertwining somehow you know he does a lot of crazy welding and mm-hmm. super good carpenter and he runs the a cabinet shop and then you know he's just he gets bored so mm-hmm. he wants to be involved with everything and so there's usually something in any, any project i do so what what do you specialize in that dad's gonna pick up the phone and be like okay this is a casey thing <sighs> man i don't know like, I, <laughs> I don't want to my own horn um <laughs> selling jobs i guess and keeping being busy is is one of my talents yeah very personable yeah easy to talk to so he'd rather have you in front with the customers yeah yeah that makes sense so he, yeah he's had, he's he's had his own company for i think like 50 years mhm what was the name of the place that you launched uh that i i think whenever i talk to people about Casey Smith they they always bring up the uh the warehouse the warehouse yeah I'm, i was struggling thank you <laughs> how did that get started oh man um because this is this is the story people are tuning in for yeah the <laughs> the warehouse started well before it started there was just a kind of like a an odd looking fellow outside of the building like i could tell he was like struggling like hauling stuff out of a building and so i'd stop by and um the building was half of it was missing a roof there was no electricity in it there was no water and he was like would you like to rent it i own it and i was like you own this it's just a yeah, just an empty shell yeah at the time he was living falling in, apart and at the time he was living in his car and so he made me a deal to rent it super cheap and then i didn't know what i was going to do with it to be honest i was just like this is a cool building just rented it to rent it's, it it's, yeah it's right around the corner from my house okay and then Eventually, like within a couple of days, I started clearing it out, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" And so my friends started coming up, and then, man, um, and then people started knocking on the door and being like, "I want to be a part of whatever you're doing." And before you knew what you were going to do with it, yeah. And then at some point in time, I decided to do something with it yeah. because I was getting tired of bars, and I was like, "There's no bars are great. I mean, I own one, but it's." <laughs> there's a certain spot where you stop your creativity and you just at a bar. And so I wanted to create a place where yes, there's music and bands, but also like there's, there's art and creativity and like, you know, skating and like all kinds of fun stuff. And then literally just people knock on the door and then I had a whole community and that community grew. And then there's people living, I built apartments in it. And we had, I think one time, four or five people living in little apartments they built in there. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, we had we put some pools up, and it was it was nuts. Like, I think one weekend we had five Grammy winners playing. Damn. So and then it became a stable. So just all sorts of wild shit going on there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't know really know what I was doing. I was right. just like it was just growing, and I was like, I'm just gonna feed the fire. Yeah. Let's just go. You're just Casey Smith. Yeah. Being Casey Smith. Yeah, and they got, it got tricky with like TABC and like I, so. I, sometimes I'd have catered events, and sometimes it'd be BOIB, and nobody knew what it was gonna. Nobody knew what it was gonna be when they walked in. <clears throat> and then we just had some really good people: Nicole Fino, um, Rafe, Jay Wilkinson. They all just like jumped in, and I started doing like art projects. We were building like thirty-foot monsters climbing over the building, and like we had a Bill Murray can crash here. We had the Marshmallow Man on top, and, and yeah, it was yeah just a and then it became like, I think we're kind of like famous people would stop by because it was like if you're in Fort Worth you need to check this place out Wild. and it was great because we weren't open all the time so it was only open like maybe four or five times a month yeah except for the people that were living there full time yeah and they they played pool and had a free bar <laughs> 
so when did uh, when the warehouse meet its demise when the <laughs> same guy um so the, i the guy that was running it too. yeah it was a big spot it was fourteen thousand square feet inside wow and then i had the Shit. outside and so i also had my shop there and i noticed I do a lot of historical houses and my old doors and stuff like that, that I would take off and like store while I'm doing jobs were ending up at another spot, uh, well, like a resale store. Oh, shit. And, um, so somebody was lifting them, taking them, yeah. trying to sell them. Yeah. And then the, I know the owner of the place and he called me, he's like, these, these are yours. And then long story short is the same guy that I was dealing with in the beginning became even more homeless and wanted to move in. And so I had him living there. The guy that you're renting from? Yes. And okay. so, yeah, and then he, so he'd be like, come out in his underwear and stuff and like shower, <laughs> shower outside. And it got to the point where like, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I, I tried to buy the building. Yeah. And then for some reason, when it sold to me, so he actually ended up selling it for less than I offered him. So, but to be honest, the warehouse had to have a time period. Right. It was too, it was too crazy. Yeah. If it was today, it wouldn't, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Right. And Fort Worth was just different than like. It needed that thing to happen to connect everybody because there wasn't a lot of connection with bands and stuff like that. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> and uh, when when did uh, you finally close the doors there? I think the last show was Leon Bridges, Telegraph Canyon, Burning Hotels. I think it might have been Burning Hotels' last show. Maybe even Telegraph Canyon, I'm not sure. Um, and then I had ran my shop out of a little for just a little bit longer and then I just couldn't do it because the guy was just just out there yeah yeah making your life hell yeah was this right before leon bridges got his name he was actually um he kind of got a start a little bit at the warehouse um i remember having a conversation with him i was like do you do you want to be famous and he was like yes and i think he he wasn't old enough to drink a beer yet because his mom would come in and he could have a beer with his mom when his mom was there so i just said okay here we go and so when he would play open mic with Tommy, Tommy tr- Luke, yeah, I would turn and his open mics at the time were like 200 people thick almost every, every Thursday. Nice. Cause it was full bands would come in. It was like everybody's chance to be on a stage. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just turned all the lights off at the bar and turned everything off. And I said, go. And then I called the newspaper and I said, come check this guy out. And then right when we closed, he was already pretty big, but he wasn't as big as he is now. Yeah. I saw a sign the other day. It was, a, I think, a Windstar Casino sign <laughs> talking about Leon Bridges. And I'm like, oh, I, I know all about this guy. I haven't yeah. heard a lot of his music, never seen him play, but everybody talks about how Leon Bridges kind of made his way up. Oh, yeah. I and mean, he used to walk up and down the street playing guitar. He, like, yeah. he, he, did, he did like the, the dream. Yeah. It sounds never, like a really interesting yeah, dude. Never gave up. Mm-hmm. So there, there's somebody out there right now listening to this and that they're they tuned in just to hear you talk about the warehouse there's a story that they want to hear about they're like man i hope he talks about this one time oh, man you th- that's, know, the, there's, that's there's the, probably that's like a hundred that's of the them, problem is like <laughs> you don't know which ones people want to re- relive and which ones they don't right yeah oh god don't let them talk about that one <laughs> i mean yeah i mean there's i mean there's i can tell you one story that just always makes me laugh yes i don't i don't even know exactly what was going on the names have been changed to protect the innocent but um it was a halloween okay. and then, then halloween's were one of our biggest nights i mean we usually have about 700 to maybe a thousand people and i'm a clown no i'm peter pan okay um one of my, one of my friends is a clown and everybody's all dressed up and there's just this dude that was having a problem and do you know brighton uh maybe Anyway, there was this dude out there uh, graffitiing, uh-huh. and so Brian just grabbed him and grabbed the spray paint and started spray painting him. Oh shit! And then walked him out the door, <laughs> and then he came back in and tried to fight us. And I had this kind of like makeshift like register right by the door. Anyway, the guy came in and like pushed Brighton and, and, and the money flew everywhere. And the next thing you know, there's like a clown and Peter Pan and like, <laughs> everybody's like manhandling this guy. And there's just, it was, I don't know, there's probably like $3,000 in small bills just flying everywhere. And we're just like, <laughs> grab what we could. Folks, somebody out there has got to have a picture of this. The search has started. When I want that to be the cover for this thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't even... I mean, the best way to know the warehouse story is, is to talk to people that went there. Yeah, Because I, sure. I could just go on and on. Well, there's a couple of people that wanted to sit in on this. Uh, I think Jenny Mack wanted to maybe... 
yeah, she's, partner in this episode. She's been in there before. Yeah, uh, Yana Renee wanted to help out with this one, but we'll we'll have to do another one where we get like the whole crazy group in here. And yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, there was just a it, this whole family got formed, and yeah. it was like nobody. If somebody stopped for a second, somebody else picked up. It was just this crazy machine. So, how long of a break did you take between warehouse and McFly's? Huh. So when when McFly's and or when warehouse ended. I was like, I'm going to focus on construction. That was really crazy. I can't believe it lasted so long. That was, I know now, I now know everybody in Fort Worth. Like it felt like that anyway. <laughs> right. And so I just focused on construction and then McFly's happened because a buddy of mine um, that I've done some construction for got the building and he was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I think you're the only person that could pull something off way out here. And I was like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And then. He talked me into it. So I wasn't even looking for that one either. I wasn't looking for the warehouse or McFly's. Yeah. Well, we probably need to describe the the condition that that place was in. I was actually stationed on that military base for nine years. And I saw it change hands twice while I was there. Oh, yeah. And somebody told me that afterwards it had become a church. But it was a church. Yeah, it was a church when I, or it was it, it was still a church building when I got it. Yeah. And whenever we were going there oh we only went there a couple times because it was so god awful it was yeah the people inside were rough rough folk i mean it just the the place stunk to high heaven uh very dimly lit uh, it, it was, was, it was, it was just carpet really gross. yeah the whole thing was just you, you felt like you needed to burn your clothes after you yeah. walked in there and that's one of the reasons i was like i don't i don't want this yeah <laughs> i don't know anything about this area the only thing I knew is um, I had a five-year contract with the military, uh-huh. um, rebuilding seventy houses on the military base. So I got seventy to, houses. Yeah, damn. I did it in two years and it was a five-year contract. So I was a little, little proud of myself. You built these from the ground up? No. Oh, okay. Just redid them all. Okay, remodels. And then I did. Still amazing. Yeah, and then we did five houses on Captain's Row, and those were the the big ones. Okay. But all the guys at the base were like, "I love Fort Worth, but this this place doesn't have a little spot outside. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not talking crap about river Oaks in the area, but like, yeah. there's not much mom and pop feel out there. No. Like if you, you know, at the time everybody was going to El Chico's yeah, was like the only spot to like go have a beer. And I was like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. So yep. I had a little bit of that feeling. No, it's, it's uh, definitely filling a vacuum there and you're technically inside Fort Worth for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, but it's, it's Fort so Worth. weird. Yeah, because yeah. you have to drive through. The only thing between River Oaks and the base is McFly's. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason it's I think I think Worth. I think it's like this little dot. Yeah. I think like every direction it's some other town. <laughs> exactly. But I I think the the reason being is uh they're really strict about their liquor license or something because there are no bars in that area if if i'm not mistaken i don't know the answer to it it just seems like the town just got stuck sometimes yeah. somewhere yeah you know like even like the shopping centers and all that stuff is like they keep doing like resale stores and stuff mm-hmm. like that that are meant to close and yeah you know not going to generate any tax revenue for the city yeah yeah well we know the mayor you've met him yes I love I love the neighborhood though. Like yeah. I'm like I can walk to the river in three minutes. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that Trinity River Trails. You can hop on it just about anywhere in town and take it 17 miles in any direction. So yeah, we've had people paddleboard up there and stuff. Are you and, serious? Yeah, <laughs> I ride I ride my bike up there all the time from here. Okay, and uh, I saw your little moped. Is that the new one? That's not the new one. No. Oh, okay. I just bought a '64 uh, Honda Dream. Right. That's where's that one at? To my shop. Okay. Right. Which is about seven hundred feet that way. Okay. <laughs> um, the uh, earlier I was pulling up your address, and I want to make sure I was in the right spot because for for whatever reason, when I pulled it up, it's not what I was expecting, and uh, I'm like, "Is this the right place?" And I zoomed in, and I saw that scooter sitting there. Did you know it's in the Google Images? No. That scooter is in the oh. Google Images, so I don't know how long you've had it parked right there in front of your house, but it's I think that's it's my, been captured. I think that's like my sixth one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> How are you liking the new one? The new one, it's great. It's it's 1964, so I'm, I'm kind of working all the time. So it's like work on it, ride it, fix what breaks. Yeah. Uh, but that's the fun part. Yeah. Do you take it from here to McFly's? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I take that little one too. Yeah. Just surface streets. Yeah. I wouldn't get on the highway in that. Not that one. <laughs> well, McFly's, now, we talked about how gross it was whenever you took over the place, but we, we have to mention that McFly's is exquisite now you've done an amazing job remodeling that thing and uh you've you've pumped some life into it that if anybody saw it before 
they would have been like, nah, you can't do anything with this. Just tear it down. Right? I mean, those are your <laughs> words. But yeah, I mean, thank you very it's much. It's amazing now. Yeah. And it's got a great vibe. I, when I walked into your house, and by the way, thank you for doing this here. It's awesome. Um, it's just got a really chill vibe. And I don't know why that surprises me because McFly's is exactly the same way. It's just got that good energy. Well, thank you. And that's what you're aiming for, I'm sure. All right. Where do we take this conversation from here, Mr. Casey Smith? Oh, man. What do you want to know? What's next? Um, it, it feels like McFly's is kind of, it, it's exactly what it needs to be. Like, there doesn't need to be any work done to it. It just needs to be maybe more people finding it. Maybe there needs to be a little more traffic there. Not that it's ever dead. That's kind of the fun part. It's kind of like fishing. Yeah. You know, see what happens. Um, like, we have some some big shows coming up we have and like every day we get three or four new people which i don't know a lot of bars that get that mm -hmm. like we have people that come in and take pictures and then we have some of our regulars so I, I like watching it kind of evolve naturally yeah i don't i mean you you you, you go in there and mm -hmm. you don't you don't more always, than i should yeah you don't you don't always know what <laughs> you're gonna get you might have karen in there and mm -hmm. two people or you might walk in and be like what the heck is what is this? Yeah, for there's, real. There's a re military retirement premiere, or there's like belly dancers or whatever. You yeah, know? or 50 people from Lockheed just showed up. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's always a different crowd, yeah. for sure. I know uh, one thing I was wanting to talk to you about, and you can pass on this question if you want. Um, somebody was telling me about a very, very uh, bad motorcycle accident that you were in a while back. Yes. Is that something you're comfortable talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When was this? Um, I was 18. Mm. And um, basically, um, there was a cop that was going, that was in the wrong lane that caused a car to hit me in the head on. I think it was 27 broken bones. And then um, they actually outlined my body on the, on the street because I didn't think I was going to make it. Shit. <laughs> and then both my, my both my legs were scheduled to be amputated and then luckily my dad like he's a hero and he just like figured out and got a hold of some charities and so I think it was Golden Cross or Yellow Cross uh, paid for the surgeries damn to keep my legs god so how long did it take you to recover from that um and this you said you were 18 almost 19 okay so was right before right before getting this. this house right before buying it I mean wow yeah. Um, I think I was in a wheelchair for about five months. Mm. And then... Um, Pins and screws and plates. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of one, one of my... I think, I always think everything happens for a reason. So, like, like I'm, I'm grateful that it happened because I probably would have been an asshole or something because like it really humbled me. I mean, um, and then... Do you see that little weird shoe thing up there? Yes. So that's something that's kind of cool like happened out of it so i i, I lost my peeling nerve which gives me drop foot um and most people that have drop foot like the doctor was like you're probably gonna just like give up on walking that's normal what happens because it's kind of awkward and so i made that um and it taught me to walk better and i only had to wear it for maybe four or five months and then i could walk as good as you can see me walk now retrained yourself so that you yeah. did not have drop foot anymore yeah and then i was Damn. able to um talk to some people and um long story short save people money because they got i gave up my patent on it so that it could be cheaper casey that's awesome man yeah, yeah. so you developed a method to save your own foot from the yeah. drop drop foot condition yeah and then you pass that on so that physicians could help out their I yeah patients. I took, yeah i took out the the middleman so that they couldn't charge hundred dollars for something that i made you're a good dude casey uh, <laughs> that's awesome man yeah i will after six months or five months in a wheelchair, you, like I said, you humble yourself. Yeah. Damn. So how did you come up with the idea for that shoe? And for our listeners, it's a shoe and it's got kind of a, looks like a shoehorn sticking out of the back of it. You can go grab it. Well, you're wearing a headset. Um, oh, I can grab it. Hold on. Yeah. Keep describing it. Well, basically what it does is when your foot drops, the gravity of your foot is less. So it's basically a spring that lifts your foot up, but it trains you to not rely on a stiff brace. He's coming back. Doesn't look like much. 
Well, it doesn't have to look like much if it got you to walk again, dude. That's awesome. So this is a spring-loaded brace. It's got kind of a yeah, tension so to it. It's it seems like something that's already been invented. Right. A, lot, a lot of good things happen that way. But um, basically, when your foot goes down, it weighs less. Mm-hmm. So the spring, this spring would act to lift it up. Okay. Everything else they were making were stiff braces that would go all the way up your calf mm-hmm. and walk it in like a boot. Yeah. Like a cast. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So this just got it to where I, you know, because I was, I was young. I, want, I didn't want a girl to reach over and touch my leg and feel something huge, you know? Yeah. You know? Unless it was on the inside of the leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Awesome, man. So, and how did you get this distributed out to other medical, like, practitioners or practitioners? Excuse me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Um, well, I th- I remember exactly how it happened. Uh, once you have something, you can kind of notice when somebody else is struggling with it. Yeah. And then I started talking to people, and then some people were like, hey. And then eventually I talked to a guy named Bart Holland, and he drew it for me. And then I went to the patent people, or I actually went to a lawyer. And then that's how it all wound up with the company that wanted it. Nice, man. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm. I'm one of the reasons I didn't do it is um, I'm trying to think if I can say this or not without getting in trouble. Um, so I have a cousin that um, basically was able to sell the MP3 formats and was a part of Napster and created all that stuff. And he got very wealthy really fast. Nice. And when I was looking at this, the money was in the large amounts. And he was like, don't do it. You're too young to have that much money. You <laughs> And like two of his partners already committed suicide. So he's oh, like, the one, he's the only one left. Damn. Um, and so he was basically like, don't do it, man. So I didn't do it. I was like, your wife's better than money. Yeah. So probably, not, so now I work for money. <laughs> probably pretty sound advice though. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I'm trying to think of this kid's name. I want to say it's Aaron Carter. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but he's one of those Disney childhood stars and his uh, previous, I think manager if I'm even getting the guy's name right, uh, called up and wanted to be on the show. Well, the the guy that he was talking about, this child star, had pretty much had an OD like a year or two, three years ago. And it, it was just really cringy. Sorry if the guy ever hears this, but I didn't want to, <clears throat> I didn't want to have him on the show to talk about some other musician that he was trying to promote that wasn't even from Fort Worth. So it didn't make it wasn't relevant to begin with, but he was trying to ride the publicity off of this kid. That, in my opinion, it sounds like they had just kind of uh, taken everything they could from this kid, and then he ends up killing himself with drugs. And now here's this guy trying to get on our show to promote some other kid that he's going to do the same thing to. Oh, it was yeah. just super cringy. But yeah, whenever these you, you see it a lot with the the. The ones that are in the, the media, the young kids that blow up quick and get all that money and then they go nuts, drugs and all sorts of crazy debaucherous shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that could have been you, Casey, <laughs> with, your, been me. with your magic shoe. Yeah, I could have been an <laughs> asshole. How long was it until people stopped with the GD Forrest Gump jokes? Explain that. <laughs> well, Forrest Gump had leg braces for for his issue, and we're looking at a pretty advanced shoe here. Um, I didn't really get much of that. I mean, you've got better friends than me, then, because they would have never stopped harassing my ass. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of funny, but like, I was I was really popular for a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah, like I was like rock climbing. I was like going all all over the place. I was like going on dates and like you know like during the wheelchair phase yeah. damn yeah because you could get away with anything so <laughs> so i mean i mean i had pins and steel in there doing the wheelchair and then afterwards like i had a walker for a while but then like i, I kind of used to be a gymnast and okay. so like i used to like my arms were strong so mm-hmm. like i'd be in a walker and if somebody made fun of me i would just push up into my do a handstand or something <laughs> you know and i was like these will be better that walker was made out of solid steel, right? Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a picture in my fridge of me doing a <laughs> doing handstand, a handstand on, on a walker. It. Yeah, 
I got, we're gonna have to take some pictures of this stuff later so I can put yeah, it. There's in also video. Kind of naked up there, so don't. Oh that. yeah, we'll try to keep that one out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, those are the questions that I had for you. I know we could go on forever, but uh, I'm I'm gonna need some help with some prompts here. All right, so back to McFly's. Yeah. Back to the warehouse. There's a little bit of a story on how my creative brain kind of came up a little bit. So when Katrina hit, um, I ended up in New Orleans um, and I was supposed to be there for a couple months and I ended up being there for 22 months. I think it was. Was that 2005? 2005 is when, yeah, Katrina hit. And then I got there and then I had to evacuate. And this, I I, I could start telling this story, but it's so involved and there's, it's, it would, it's a whole nother thing. I got a lot of battery life. I don't even know. I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, we'll see where it goes. And where do you want to start? Do you want to just like talk with the phone call that, or how like, I got there? Or we lived in. What were you doing there initially? Well, initially everything that I was there for fell apart. Okay. I'll just, you can, you edit this, right? Sure. Okay. Andrew edit this part out. Well, I know you can, I'm saying it'll be, maybe it's too much information, <laughs> but I was doing some hedge hunting kind of, kind of stuff for this crazy eccentric guy. And, um, I was, doesn't matter what I was doing. Um, <laughs> but he was like, hey, um, do you want to, Katrina Head, do you want to work for, f- I'll, I'll give you a truck, a trailer, an RV. Do you want to go haul trash for FEMA? And I was like, um, why not? Sounds like an adventure. Yeah. And so I called some of my friends that had no background or anything at all, like just misfits. And um, I mean, they all did stuff, like photographers and musicians and stuff like that. They just never hauled trash before. Yeah. Anyway, so I joined this caravan with all these guys, and we get there, and FEMA, we get to the airport where the first to be, and FEMA's not there, and I realize that this is, his whole plan is, is full of bullshit. Oh, no. Yeah. So you went down there, false pretenses, yeah, there's like, no work. Yeah, well, it's not his work. Oh, and okay. so my construction company had already been established, so I called some people from Blackman Mooring, and I was like, I'm here, and... um long story short, I had a, a personal relationship with um, the family that owned that company and we got our, we got gigs. And you know, the first one was a Mervyn's and we was in a mall and we ended up living in the mall, living in the Mervyn's for about two months. Post Katrina. Um, no, between, we had to get, a, we had to leave. So we got there right after Katrina, but then Rita came in. There's so much to the story. I can't even, I mean, we're talking like movie stuff. Yeah. Well, just tell us what you can. Okay. <laughs> so you're in Mervyn's. Well, okay. Katrina's well, we'll, 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 back, we'll back up a little bit. Okay. All right. So this dude's like owns the, the truck and trailers that, um, that we're in. And um, I come up with these contracts and he's basically, I'm not going to um, do these contracts with you because I wanted more money because they were my contracts. Right. You didn't secure any of this. Yeah. And so... You know, I know Rita's coming in, um, cell phones and stuff like that. And like laptops weren't what they are now. Right. So I'm, I'm calling my dad and I'm like, and he's like, there's another storm coming. I don't know what to do. And at that point in time, we haven't got to the Mervins yet. Uh, we've been sleeping in the trucks, um, for about three days. Oh, shit. Uh, it's under, under martial law. Um, mm-hmm. we got clearance. So New Orleans is very sketchy at the time. There's no power. Right. There's, no no, there's no nothing. And so we decide to go, um, try to find a camping spot. Well, me not knowing the area, I made a mistake of driving down below a levee. Yeah. Um, but it was a campsite. Yeah. Instead of camping this direction, I was like, let's just get the fuck out of the truck. Excuse my language. Uh, for just a night. Like, we're tired of, like, falling on top of each other, sleeping and stuff. So yeah. I was like, I'll sleep on the ground. I don't care. Well, we get out there, and I'm driving um, a dump trailer behind me. So just remember that yeah. in the, the story. So we get down there we fall asleep and we wake up um and we're in water because the storm surge has come through and it's pouring over poncha train into where we're, where we're at so you're in water but it's getting deeper quick. yeah and i can't back up because you're stuck. i'm stuck yeah. so we hike about a mile and we go through a bunch of random people with big old trucks and stuff and they can't even get to where we're at and at this point in time this isn't my truck right this is the other guy's truck right who and, you're already kind of at odds with yeah and so we eventually get um, a huge tow truck company that brings an 18 wheeler out. Well, um, we're riding on top of it and it tips over and falls 
into the into the water. You're on an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, like, like a, on the box. Truck? More than eighteen wheelers, like like one of those big ones that haul other semis. Oh with shit. A, with a crane on it. Okay. Okay. And he it dumps. Damn. And so we're on it, and it just falls over, and we all just crash in the water, and we're just like, and now we're with this guy. So then they send out an excavator, um, and they excavate, or they they like chain that up, and then they eventually get my truck and pull it out, and then um, I hand him a debit card, and he's like, the owner is like, no, we don't take debit cards, it needs to be cash, and I was like, I don't have five thousand dollars cash on me, <laughs> so <laughs> so he takes us back to the to the tow yard. And then he locks the door, and I look at at the time Eddie, and I'm like, Eddie, we, I have a bad feeling. We need to, we need to, we need to get out. So I was like, just go, disconnect the trailer because it was chained to the, and you know, like yeah. there, there, and then the, st- the storm was coming in. Uh huh. And this is some movie shit. Yeah, and so then this, <laughs> this this cop shows up, and it turns out to be the owner, his buddy, that uh, owns the tow truck company, and he, he I'm like, he sees us not doing it, he pulls a gun on me. Um, and then um, pulled it, and then he's like, "Go for it! I'll shoot you!" I'm like, and like basically, like, do it. I was like, "Okay." So they're like, they basically make us walk out of the place with our backpacks, and now our all of our equipment, and everything is gone. Cell phones are dying. Um, I asked the officers, like, "Is there any refuge?" And he's like, "There might be a hospital about four miles down the road." And Rita is on top of you. Rita is on top of us. Yeah, at that there's more. So we go to the hospital um, and that guy the same security guard's there the, sa- the, the, sa- the same guy was there and he was just fucking with us and we eventually like sneak around and like climb in a little bit of construction area gets a little bit of sleep and then get to where i don't even know how we how we how we charged the phone i don't know i think we like found a plug in the hospital like in somebody's room or something that was like was working under a generator damn and then <laughs> at that point and then, and then the manholes cover started popping up because a lot of people don't realize this, but Rita caused a lot more damage than Katrina did because everything really? was still down. Right. So all the like the pumps that pumped the water back out were dead. So when the surge came, it just funneled pushed in, pushed it all p- back. funneled back in. Yeah. Damn. So long story short, between my dad and talking to this other guy, they got a wire transfer. We get the truck right line, we're driving through about a foot and a half of water. We drive across the bridge. We drive. We're, all we can talk about is like we got to get to the chat room and tell everybody what we just want. Because <laughs> I was like, because we haven't had a beer in like, I don't know, like a week or something like that. And it's been super stressful because like everything's closed. For people that don't know, chat room is here on Magnolia. It's still here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a good spot. And that was just the beginning of 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 the crazy adventures. And then I went back and got the Mervins, and we lived in the Mervins, and it was crazy like we're putting on brand new underwear every day like <laughs> wearing like polo shirts and stuff because there was it's um, all been deemed trash right yeah th- this wasn't like right on the other side of the crescent city bridge and there there was a burglary and some murders in there and they set a little fire so the sprinkler system went off just for a little bit and that was it mm-hmm. and um insurance companies called it all a wash so we're there just we're just there guarding the stuff so they could throw it away damn yeah Anyway, long story short, 13 Wind Dixies, 16 homes, a Mervins, a TJ Maxx, and two Burger Kings later, I came home. How long would, from start to finish, how long were you in Louisiana dealing with this? 22 months. Oh, back to the whole point of this story. When I was there, <laughs> the first people I met were bar owners and bar staff. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of learned a different view of bars mm-hmm. and music and stuff. So I brought a lot of that back to the warehouse and the McFly's. And if you look at the McFly's, most of those black and white pictures are from New Orleans. No shit. Yeah. From your 22 month yeah, stint. Because I was like, man, bars here are boring compared to there. Mm-hmm. Like there's, somebody should be able to jump up and play music whenever they want. They should be like, it should be not so rigid on like, come in, order a drink, sit here. You know, like yeah. this should be fun. Yeah. Well, you definitely embodied that for sure. What's uh, what's next on the horizon? You think McFly's is it? We'll see what just comes my way. I mean, I didn't look for it, so just felt yeah, just kind of needed to be there. I think the universe required that McFly's exist. Yeah, uh, I mean, every time I do a business venture, I get more friends. So it's yeah, never, it's never a bad thing. Well, there's a lot of people that know you that I've talked to, and nobody has anything but nice shit to say about you. Well, thank you. That's a fact. Oh, thanks. And I talk to a lot of people. <laughs> well um 
man, thank you so much for doing this. I think that we should do this again. I think that we should get some more people in here. Ah. And we should just we should throw a warehouse style rager at this house. Yeah. And podcast. I'm, I'm the not whole very good time. about talking about myself, so it's like the, No, it's, and it's, I understand. You're you're under the gun and honestly, I mean the stories that you've shared already are are great. And uh I think we just need to do it again. All right. For well, sure. Get more stories out of you each and every time. All right. <laughs> I gotta tell you, thank you so much for being a sponsor of the show. Thank um you. we're we're going to be able to grow and do a lot more things with this, uh, this podcast because of you and uh, our sponsors like you. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, are you going to singles night tonight at McFly's? Probably will. I left my keys up there earlier. <laughs> well, you were just asking to come back then. Yeah. Does uh, singles night happen every Wednesday or is that once a month? I think it's once a month. Yeah. And uh, who, who handles the schedule for those things? So Wit does one of the bartenders. She does Wednesday nights. That's her deal. Mm-hmm. And then Adrian does all the everything goes through him on the booking. Okay. Yeah, and we just confirmed. Um, don't get me in trouble because I can't say his name. But the one of the main dudes from the Misfits is coming in and playing in October. Dude, awesome. So very cool. Yeah. There's always something going on up there. Yeah. And you're the, you're, you're sometimes you're the last one to find out about it. Well. <laughs> Sometimes. So, well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes things just happen, and, yeah. and I found out found out later. But like yeah. scheduling, I I try to know what's going on, stay on top of it. Yeah. So and people can usually catch you up there at McFly's before like five o'clock. Yeah. Six o'clock. Try to get out of there before it gets too wild. Yep. Yep. Well, construction still pays the majority of the bills. Right. Right. Got other stuff to do. And uh, earlier you were telling me you're kind of an early riser too, so you can't stay out there partying all night. Only on special occasions. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Casey, again, thank you. And uh, you said we can do this again, right? Yep. All right. Fort Worth Roots, thank you all for listening. See you next week. Huge thank you to my friend, Casey Smith. Dude, thank you so much. That episode, uh, that was great. And thank you for bringing me into your home. It's got the same comfortable vibe that McFly's does, which makes total sense because you built both of them. So anyway, thank you very much. And I, I mean it, man. We got to do more recordings. Um, I'm going to bring somebody in there and pull those stories out of you. Um, I left some of the rough spots in this episode because I'm genuinely trying to get away from editing altogether. I had some uh, very trustworthy friends, some podcasters, bend my ear a while back and they said, listen, you got to quit over-processing these episodes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm thinking this is like the mark of professionalism, like cut out the dead spaces, make sure there's no, uh, you know, no fluff, no extra. It's tight. Keep it as tight as possible. That's not the way a natural conversation goes. So I'm doing it for two reasons. That's one. The other thing is... Dude, I am trying to get through this backlog, and we are going to, yeah, we're going to do very minimal editing from here on forward. Yeah. So, anyway, there were some rough spots in there, but I feel like it adds value. I got to screen the whole thing today. I do it now. I, I upload them to Dropbox, and I put them on my phone, and while I'm at work, I'm listening to these episodes so that I can go ahead and screen them. So, unless there's just something absolutely insane in there i'm not cutting it out anymore anyway point of the story is casey you did great i want you back on the show and next time we're going to bring in some of your homies and we're going to drag those stories out of you <laughs> we'll figure it out we'll figure out a way to do that but anyway great episode go check out mcfly's pub it's at uh, 6104 ltjg barnett that doesn't matter it's right outside the military base over on meandering road it should be river oaks because that's what you got to go through to get there uh, but it's not anyway your navigation will take care of that part 1980s back to the future theme bar full stop that's all you need to know it's a great place great vibe and uh if you're an american you love back to the future and that's the whole thing there wonderful murals all over the place a lot of them by uh, yana renee who we just had on the show recently uh an incredible human and a wonderful artist um and a lot of her artworks in there so and there's some other artists that have uh, contributed a lot to that space uh that alone is enough reason to go there it's a bit of an art museum exhibit whatever i don't know what to call it i'm not i'm not that guy 
All right, let's talk about these sponsors real quick. Hey, before we get into that, I'd love to see you out there September 23rd at Pouring Glory. We're going to have four bands on stage, Itchy Richie and the Burning Sensation, uh, Cassandra Mae Laurence, Late to the Station, and Jaybirds. They were all nice enough to agree to this. I don't know if they're out of their minds or they just love me to death, but they're doing it. And three of those, two of those bands, yeah, two of those bands were with us last year and just knocked it out of the park. They were great. And uh, looking forward to this one this year. It's, I'm not going to say free because it wasn't free, but your admission has been paid. But I want you to come hungry and I want you to have a burger. I want you to try them fries, them chicken wings, them tacos, and all the other great stuff that Scott has on the menu. Uh, will be a special menu that day with some interesting stuff on it, but a percentage of everything that you buy that day, food-wise, is going uh, to Cook's, excuse me, Cook Children's. I try to put an S at the end of that cook every time. I'm trying to break myself of that. Anyway, it's an incredible organization. If you don't know, um, I'm actually glad you don't know because that means you've never had a sick child um, that needed their help. But let me tell you something. If you ever do have a sick child and you need their help, you're going to be so glad that you got it. And uh, I've had a couple of run-ins with that. Not my children, but friends of mine that have had to use their services in the past. And uh, if angels walk on earth, they work at Cook Children's. Not to be too uh, ridiculous, but those people are amazing. Amazing. They take care of the families and they take care of those kids. And uh, I've wanted to do something for them for a really long time. After uh, the last little thing that, uh, that I witnessed there firsthand. So uh, just amazing people. So we're going to do it. We're going to do a uh, good little event we're gonna have a lot of fun we're gonna listen to some great music there's gonna be some vendors out there grab bag goodie bags at the door um it's it's gonna be a blast last year was amazing this year's gonna be better um and this time we're supporting a very uh very worthy cause so come out there put it on your schedule right now september 23rd 11 to 6 and we are going to be doing live podcasting out there and giving awards away to our excellent podcast community and some other folks more to follow. Cowtown Nutrition is located at 5430 River Oaks Boulevard. They offer a healthy alternative to that compulsory fast food craving. You can also load up on your favorite Herbalife products and learn about their fitness groups that they hold on location at Cowtown Nutrition. Check these folks out on Instagram at Cowtown underscore nutrition. Pouring Glory, we just talked about them. They're at 1001 Bryan Avenue, Fort Worth, Texas just off South Main Street and I-35, one block north of Rosedale. Pouring Glory is a growler refilling station that serves craft beer and award-winning food with live music. I love their food. I go there once a week without fail, bare minimum. Got to see my boy Scott. Got to hang out with my friends there, his staff. They're just nice people, good folks. Got a great energy and uh, <laughs> show up hungry. You're going to want to eat some things. You can see stuff coming off the line, going to other people's tables, and you're like, oh, man, I can only try one thing? It's not true. You could try six things, but you can make yourself sick. Who wants that? So you're just going to have to go back. Try one thing at a time. Don't be ridiculous. But get them fries. Get them. You want them fries. Body Machine Fitness. That's where you work it all off. 2300 West 7th Street, Fort Worth, offers a truly one-of-a-kind fitness experience. Your first class has already been paid for. Go to bodymachinefitness.com to schedule your first High energy strength, excuse me, high energy cardio strength group fitness class with the best in industry trainers, cutting edge audio and lighting systems. Show up early or stay after the class for the IR sauna and nutritious snacks in the lobby. You need to go see a video of this. Jump on their website, bodymachinefitness.com, and look at what's going on in this place. This is not just a gym, uh, it is a whole new concept on group fitness classes. I go there. I'm dog-ass tired. I do not want to be doing physical activities. I'm drained. And when I leave, I'm in a way better mood. I feel like I've had rest, as weird as that sounds. And uh, I, my body feels better because I've got that blood circulating. This is such an excellent thing, and I'm so glad that I found this. I'm so so glad that Scott reached out. Excuse me. Jeremy. My God. Excuse me. So glad that Jeremy reached out to me. Um uh, wanting to to do the the podcast and through that uh i was able to discover what he's got going on out there uh, so it's all on 
Jeremy and his team out there, I didn't discover them. They discovered us. And now it's my favorite place to get a, a sweat in. Best place to, to get a workout. McFly's Pub. We talked about this at the beginning of the episode um, and maybe just a second ago. Anyway, McFly's Pub. 1980s Back to the Future themed bar. And if you haven't been there yet, you need to go check it out. And we will be doing a mixer event there pretty soon. I need to talk to you, Scott. Uh, I'm just calling all my sponsors Scott today. That's what we're going to do. I need to talk to Casey about setting this up. But we're going to do another mixer event like we did at Pouring Glory a couple weeks ago. <laughs> a couple months ago now. Damn. Um, but anyway, we just invite the entire DFW community out to uh, you know, talk about your art, talk about your podcast, talk about your business, uh, whatever you got going on. Come out, network, hang out, have a drink chill pet a dog yeah woodpostmetalworks.com you can go there use offer code podcast 817 they specialize in metal signs with or without led backlighting fence and gate repair or installation light steel fabrication industrial plasma cutting and more here simply if you got an idea and you want it made out of steel these are the people you talk to and listen that stuff can get pricey so you're going to want to use podcast 817 at checkout so you get 10% off. Hauk Walker Originals, HaukWalker.com. They offer a huge variety of unique and personalized gifts, also laser engraving to customize just about anything you can think of. It's true. It's true. You got a thing, you want to put your name on it, you want to put your logo on it, whatever, they can do that. Or you can take a look at their inventory and see what you can uh, pick up uh, on the quickness for uh, a great gift idea. Keep Fort Worth dollars in Fort Worth pockets. You want to get something cool for somebody's birthday, anniversary, Christmas present, or whatever? Do it here first. Check this out. See if they've got what you want. Halkwalker.com and uh, Woodpost Metalworks are both really great options for for gifts. Check that out. And Roofing Solutions by Darren Halk. These folks have been taking care of us for a very long time. They hold the highest rating in DFW for what they do, residential and commercial roofing. And they'll give you 50% off a roofing tune-up. Uh, just tell them you heard about this on the show. They get up there, they check your pipe jacks and vents and all that good stuff, and they seal it up with uh, fresh sealant. This hot-ass North Texas heat is uh, destroying all that sealant around your pipes and your vents and what what have you, your whirly birds. Um, so you need to get that checked periodically because if you don't, it's an intrusion point for water, and now you got a real problem. Or Darren can just get one of his highly trained experts up there on your roof to make sure that doesn't happen. It's usually five hundred bucks. It's not too bad, but Darren's going to do it for two fifty for you because you listen to this show. Good job. All right, that's it. That's all the sponsors. Go check out poor. Uh, well, yeah, go check out Pouring Glory. This episode's all about McFlies, though. So go check out McFlies. <laughs> And you can go to McFly's Pub on Instagram, just like that, McFly's Pub, at McFly's Pub, and see all the cool stuff that they got going on at McFly's Pub. Tommy Luke, Tuesdays, they've got that open mic night. They've always got somebody else jumping up on stage. There's events all the time. They've got a singles night. Oh, here's something fun. They've got an item of the week. They just take this uh, thing. An item. It's usually pretty small, maybe a little bit bigger than a, a Hot Wheels car, and they hide it somewhere in the bar. And if you're following them on Instagram, you will know what the item of the week is, and you can peruse the bar all over the place and try to find the item of the week. And if you find it, I believe you get a free beer or a free drink. So that's pretty dope. Anyway, check that out. Thank y'all so much for listening to this episode. Casey, again, thank you. And uh, let's make sure and, and not take too long to, to get another episode out. I'd love to come back and chill in your dope-ass house. That thing is awesome. If y'all uh, are not watching this episode on YouTube, uh, you're missing out. It's got a cool little house. On YouTube, it's Fort Worth Roots. All right. Oh, yeah, and we were nominated to be number one, or we are number one on some random website by the way out of 690 different podcasts in fort worth fort worth roots is number one and now you know the rest of the story <laughs> <laughs>